Hey everyone, welcome to B2B Made Simple. I'm Sam Moss, the CEO and co-founder of One Click Agency. On this show, I interview marketing experts from fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. We feature podcast episodes I'm a guest on, and sometimes we throw in a consulting call I've done with another company. Our goal with this show is to equip you and give you the tools you need to be the best marketer you can be. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to B2B Made Simple, a marketing podcast for those who are in the SaaS world looking to up their marketing game. My special guest today is Christian Borgeson. He's the director of marketing at Future Vault, and we're going to talk about some awesome marketing stuff today. So Christian, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sam. Yeah, thanks for having me. Looking, looking forward to, uh, to having a, uh, another good conversation. Yeah. So I like to do a prep call with my guests just to kind of get like an idea of who they are, what we can talk about, kind of facilitate what we're going to be discussing on the show. And I uh, had a great talk with Christian to kick this off. So I'm excited to be here again um, to, to do this for real. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, man, I, I feel like we had some pretty good, uh, some, some golden nuggets in that first conversation. It's always yeah. like, you want to, you, you, you kind of want to like record those ones too, but <laughs> yeah, man, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Just looking forward to, to kind of diving into, uh, everything, unpacking some real cool, uh, uh, marketing talk. Yeah, absolutely, man. So to kick this off, first question I have for you is if you, never visited one of these two things, which one would it be? So it's the mountains for a vacation or the beach for the vacation. Which one would you nix forever? Oh man. I like a mix of both. So that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Huh? <laughs> I would probably have to nix um, the mountains. I think I'm in the same boat to be yeah. honest. I grew up in the mountains. So it's like, it's, it's cool for sure. But the beach is always uh, calling. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I always like to get away to, to the mountains um, more like a nature type of, of getaway. And there's, there's just something so special about that too. You get to really like unwind in a different type of way. Yeah. But yeah, I think like, man, I don't know. It's, it's tough to, to <laughs> put you in a tough spot. There. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's tough to beat the beach though. You know, that, that hot sun coming down on you. And, and I could, I could use that right about now too. Yeah, definitely dude. So let's get into some marketing talk. We figured out what it would be that you eliminate. Thankfully, neither one has to go. Um, but today we're going <laughs> to, today we're going to dive into marketing infrastructure. It's something that you, uh, you're passionate about something you'd like to talk about. So my first question for you is why is it important for marketers to get a solid footing and to have a framework in place when it comes to marketing? Because I think a lot of marketers, they don't honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's several reasons for that. And I think, you know, I've learned the lesson on why that's important and I'll get into why it's in, why it's important very shortly, but I've learned that lesson, why it's important. Um, after doing things, let's call them maybe the wrong way or sort of backwards or putting the cart before the horse and not focusing on that infrastructure, the operationalizing aspect of what you're doing in marketing. And you realize, you know, going back and revisiting even things like, your messaging and revamping your messaging and trying to build out new ad campaigns, whether that's on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, you name it, any, any platform, it becomes a lot more challenging. So when you have that back end 
um, figured out, you know, the footing and the framework in place, essentially what it allows you to do is just to, to, to do all of the cool things that you want to do in marketing better and at scale. So better, more efficient, uh, quicker, less errors, because you, you typically like documented things on that front as well. So it's just about being able to help you make more of an impact down the road and drive more efficiency. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have three core pillars. I want to talk through each one in detail. And I know we referenced the prep call. So this is where we kind of came up with this, if you're listening. Um, So the first one is strategy. The second one is positioning. And the third one is messaging. So let's dive into strategy. It's, we should be asking ourselves, what is the strategy? Um, So one, why should we be doing that? And then two, what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. And, and, and this, this one, I think a lot of people get choked up on because they're like, well, are you talking about like my marketing strategy or like my business strategy here? And the answer is both actually, Mm -hmm. because if your marketing strategy does not align to your business strategy, then you're going to run into a lot of like a a lot of issues down the road. Like those two need to run in parallel. Your marketing strategy needs to reinforce what that business strategy is. Not, not to a T exactly, depending on what you're doing, of course. Um, But, you know, so, so the answer is both in, in, you know, let's start off with your business strategy. So your business strategy, when you try to define it, you know, it's, you know, a a long-term plan or a focus or a direction that, that you create for your company that allows you to reach the desired, the, the future state that you're envisioning for your company. So that strategy will include typically your company's goals, your company's objectives, the, the type of products and services that you plan to build, um, you know, the customers who you want to sell to, the markets that you want to serve to, to sell in. Um, and so that strategy, as you develop it, essentially what it'll do is it'll allow you to, or it'll help you dictate decisions you make um, on, on a daily basis, you know, as well as influence and, and guide things like identifying, you know, I just talked about it, but like identifying your ICP. So your ideal client profiles, those markets that you're targeting after. So having that strategy in place allows you to understand who, what, where, when, why, and, um, and the how. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, it's the, and it's the same for your marketing strategy okay, that's as what I was well. Ask. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same for your marketing strategy. Your, your, your business strategy is more just like a very high level across the company where your marketing strategy is, is just taking, okay, here's what we're going to do in, in marketing. And here's the who, what, where, when, why, and how mm-hmm. of what we're trying to solve for the challenges we're trying to overcome in marketing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at the end of the day, you could break it down. You could say both are, are to a degree, like you, you've got your business hypothesis in there as well too, right? Like you're, mm-hmm. you're making, you're making the best educated guess. And at the end of the day, that's it's kind of what business is to, to a core is, is a hypothesis. Yeah. So why is it important to nail that strategy right off the bat? Yeah, it's, it's important because without that strategy in place, like you, it gives you guardrails. Mm-hmm. So without that, you're you're gonna have a bit of a misunderstanding on, you know, let's talk about who, right? So who you're targeting. You know, you've got to have a, a clear idea of who it is that you want to go after that you think is your ideal client profile. Now that that changes over time and you could have multiple ideal client profiles, right? Anyone telling you that you just need one is that's just complete rubbish. Like you don't need one, you can have multiple. That's fine. 
Um, and it just allows you to make those decisions a lot easier. So without having that strategy in place, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything you do is, is um, let's say it's, it's unstructured, right? So that, that gives you a, a bit of structuring and hopefully a little bit of confidence mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in those decisions that you are creating. You know, what's interesting is having this strategy in place not only gives you those guardrails to tell your team, this is what we're going to do. It also gives them direction on what you're not going to do, which I think is equally or more important, right? A hundred percent. And actually, I'm glad you brought it up like that too, but more so the fact that you said your team, because that that's a big missing piece of, of what I didn't say is that having that strategy in place also allows everyone across your company and across your team to understand what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to um, communicating the strategy, yep. what are some tactical ways that you've done this? Is this written out in a Google doc? Is it a mission statement? I know that's kind of cliche, but what does it actually look like for you guys? It's, it's a, it's a combination of things. You know, I think having the mission and the vision statement are, um, <laughs> I should have, I've got mixed feelings about mission and, and vision statements. You know, I, think I do it's too. One of the, so. <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things that like is nice to have and, mm-hmm. you know, for internal purposes for sure. But, you know, there's a lot of companies that, go out leading with their company mission and vision. And look, to be honest, like no one really gives a shit that much. No, I don't know when I hear it. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, if if it's usually more of an internal thing. And so for those things, I like to keep those internal. But yeah, it's building a mission and a vision statement, you know, so that at least there is some early buy-in, especially for if you're an early stage company or a later stage company, you know, depending on where you're at, it does help build particular buy-in across the org. you know, and, and as far as like where I'm actually documenting it and how it's getting mm-hmm. shared, Google Docs, man, like um, I, I love Google Docs. I do everything in Google Docs, um, which is funny, actually, because now at Future Vault, we're on uh, <laughs> on the Microsoft suite. And it's uh, <laughs> it's it's taken me some getting used to using yeah. just like Word and Excel again versus mm-hmm. the Google products is. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And then um Notion. Notion. I love Notion. I don't know if you use Notion at all, Sam, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's a great product. Um, so I, I started using that at a company I was at before Future Vault called Saveology. And our yeah, our our um head of engineering there, Tim, as well as our CEO Spencer, were big proponents on Notion. And honestly, mm-hmm. once we started documenting everything in Notion, um it just like everything just became that much more easier. Really? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So when it, let's say we have someone on our team that I guess doesn't understand the strategy enough and they go outside the lines and you as the leader realize, crap, you know, that's not the direction we were going at that point. Do you go and say, Hey, this isn't the direction that we're going. Or do you look at yourself and say, wow, this wasn't communicated properly. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah, both, you know, and you, and you, and you try to, you, you try to find out like what kind of happened between there in, in between there, right. Were the lines of communication blurred somehow, right. Like, was that on me, you know, me being a, a marketing leader in my company, am I not effectively transmitting that information um, Mm -hmm. and, and communicating that uh, across teams and, and within my own team too. 
And then, um, you know, the other thing too is also, you've kind of got to give people the benefit of the doubt as well too. So you can't always just put the onus on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and oftentimes something like that does come down to a miscommunication. Usually it's on how it's delivered, but you, you've also got to figure out like what they were thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sniff out to see maybe what they're actually doing could be beneficial. So before saying, Hey, no, stop that. Unless it's something com- completely offside you know, and that's where you have that list of sort of do nots and no's like you alluded to, you know, if it falls into one of those, then you're like, oh, shit, like, yeah, we can't do this, you know, got to stop doing that. And then, you know, what happened? Was this just not related to you effectively? No, I get that. That's that's a good way to go about it. Um, so moving on to point number two here, we have our strategy in place. The next pillar that we should um, make sure that we have detailed out is your positioning. Um, let's dive into that. Why is that so important? Yes. Positioning is, is, um, you know, it's, it's a hot topic these days. I think we've talked about that as well, uh, before in the past on our first call. Um, and I like to consider positioning, you know, and I'll get into the definition of it, or at least how I define it and how I look at it. Um, but I like to consider positioning as the glue and sort of the bread and butter between your strategy and between your, your messaging, as well as just about everything else that you're doing as a company and on the marketing front. Um, and so your, your positioning by virtue of a definition is, it will help you define where your product. So again, that could be a, 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 a tangible good, a software, which I'm sure, you know, everyone listening in today to this episode and to your show is, is probably, uh, they're probably marketers at software companies. It could be a service as well. So it defines where your product stands in relation to others that are offering similar products and services in that marketplace, but also as well as in the mind of consumers. So, you know, in other words, um, I, I, I like to refer to positioning as it helps you define what the attributes uh, you'll, or it's the definition of your attributes that you see as standing out from the crowd um, and how those attributes get perceived in the market. And so really that becomes a precursor to literally just about everything that you're doing in marketing. Um, and notably on the brand front as well and on building connections with people, right? And how they, um, how they latch onto those attributes because you, that's in your positioning and how they perceive you standing out um, compared to others. Uh, and that's really how you build connections with people. So a good positioning, I would say, is, and this one is key to, to nail down, and you don't have to nail it down right away, but it's it's really critical that you're thinking in terms like this because it will help you in every area of your marketing. Um, so a good position makes a product unique and, and makes the users consider using it um, as a distinct benefit to them. So it stands out to them, right? Mm-hmm. And so April Dunford, I don't know if you've ever heard of her yeah. um, or not yet. Yeah, I'm sure most people on the show have and have probably read her book um, and, and probably, you know, read her tweets. I know I'm, I'm an avid fan of seeing her tweets, especially as they relate to positioning, but she's the master of positioning. You know, I've, I've learned a lot literally just from following her tweets and just reading snippets of her book. Uh, but she'll tell you more than anyone that, you know, and this is where it kind of gets interesting with positioning is that product market fit doesn't exist. So that's her whole stance. And I, and I love it. And I love how accurate she is and how she backs that up. 
but she'll say that product market product market fit does not exist or you know that if you think you have a product market fit issue it's actually not likely that instead it's usually the result of you having a weak positioning and that's mm. that is especially true for legacy or for existing categories right where they think there isn't a product market fit and it's like you know, you, you can't go saying that there isn't a, a product market fit when there are literally thousands, if not millions of buyers buying that, <laughs> that product, right? It's mm-hmm. just, you're just not positioning yourself properly or in, in, in the way that you should be. And I think a lot of companies don't like to swallow that pill because that means they need to look internally when they could just simply blame the market, right? Exactly. And it's it's a lot easier to point the finger outwards than it is uh-huh. to point it inwards. And doing that introspection as a company, like it's, it's tough, you know, like, you know, it as, as an owner is, you know, working, it's kind of goes to that dilemma as well too, right. When you're trying to solve for those internal issues, let's say positioning is one of them, you got to revamp them, but it's like, you know, you're working on your business as well as like in your business. Right. And so you've got to make sure that you're properly dedicating time and carving out that time Mm -hmm. to, to work on your business always. Mm -hmm. And you, you've got to take, um, You've got to take indications and 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 learn <clears throat> when the right time is to step away from working in it to working on it, and that's it's a tough one to to know when to do. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so moving on to point number three, we now have messaging. So we had strategy, which moved into positioning, which leads us to messaging, and I love these pillars and how they build on each other in almost into a funnel, like you're getting into the fine tuned nitty gritty now. Um, like you have the foundation now we're actually executing. Um, yes. so walk us through messaging. What does that look like? Yeah. I mean, messaging is probably the easiest one to, uh, to describe because I think it's the one that most people, uh, understand the most and, and really it's just, you know, messaging can refer to how an organization talks about themselves and the value that you provide. So it's just how you're talking, um, the language you're, you're using. It's related to, you know, sorry, or related to positioning. Messaging is, um, you know, it's also, and this is where you can get very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess structured with your messaging. And you should, and that's the whole point of doing these exercises, right? From business strategy to positioning to messaging is that you want to have like a, an approved set of points or key messages as an organization that everyone in the organization can use to communicate about your organization or about a particular product set or a feature. Um, And so having that messaging set helps, of course, you know, it's typically marketing's job, but it also helps other people in the organization as well too. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, Where do you think companies go wrong when it comes to messaging, if at all? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to that one, I'll I'll tip my hat off to you on just the name of your show is just trying to complicate it, like, <laughs> yeah, like okay. legit, yeah. man. Like, you know, the I'm sure you can agree with me too. You probably audited tons of companies where you've seen this. You know, you go on even let's say their homepage, they've got a hero section, and you read it, and you're like, what are you even talking about? I don't know what your company does. I don't know who you are. I don't know the category that you operate in. I don't know 
how you can benefit me as a client or as a buyer. And I think that the biggest thing that they do is they try to overcomplicate it. They try to, they try to sound smart instead of just like dumbing it down and having the simplest messaging that just gets the message across. Mm-hmm. I see it all the time, especially in SaaS. I don't know what it is about the industry where they feel like they need to go into every feature in detail. They, they just, they, it's so weird. They, they dive so deep into the product and they're looking at everything under a magnifying glass that when someone comes to their website, they might be very, um, what's the word familiar with yeah. the product, uh, category yeah. Yeah. and they still can't figure out what they do. And it's yeah. because it's, it's like the curse of knowledge. Companies are so close to their product that they actually can't describe it and portray it through their messaging properly. And yeah, I see that all the time. It's, it's not good. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That those are really good points um, as well that, that you made. And I think, you know, messaging, there, there's always a, um, a debate, you know, outsource it or keep it internally. And honestly, I, I think one of the areas of marketing that benefits companies and even just your marketing team to, you know, get away in and regain confidence um, and use that to propel you and, and build momentum. Like, one of the things that I think is really key that that you do get help with and outsource at times, not always, is is your messaging. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, you've got um, you've got tunnel vision, right? And you're sort of speaking the same type of language, and so to to break those habits um, becomes really tough, man. Yeah, really tough. So we have strategy which leads to positioning, which leads to messaging. And those are your, your three core pillars. Yeah. Um, something fun here is you actually threw in like a fourth bonus pillar, mm-hmm. which is you need to start leveraging your team. And I think that's pretty self-explanatory, but I'd love to hear yeah. like what you actually think of that. Yeah, this is, you know, this is another one that I learned um, through throughout my career and more recently within the past five years is that like, look, like your team, you know, obviously like your customers are your biggest assets and I'll never say otherwise. They, they definitely are. And you've got to leverage your customers too. But before you can do that, you've got to look internally and, and leverage your team for help and support. Because at the end of the day, that's what everyone is there for, right? Everyone is on the same mission or vision, going back to the mission and vision statement. Funny, right? It's coming back three, uh, 360 there um, to, to support one another. But I think there are way too many people, there are way too many marketing teams as well that try to get things done on their own without looking for that support. Um, and it's tough because marketing... You know, again, this is up for debate, but I, um, I think as an organization, when you look at departments like marketing always tends to have the most eyes on it. And that's typically because it's the easiest one to judge. Um, <laughs> but what I like to say is that, you know, and I'm sure you'll agree with me because you're very structured and I can tell like the way that you build your own frameworks and systems is that I would say 90% of, of marketing is not what people think marketing is. And not at all. 90% of it is it's the behind the scenes, it's the foundational building, the operationalizing of it that allows you to do that 10%. But it's the 10% that people are looking at and that you're going to get judged on. So if you don't have that 90% in place, um, at least to a degree, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, you know, that 10% is not going to look good. And then you are going to get judged, but helping with that, sorry, I think I'm kind of going off topic <laughs> a little bit, but it's all related is that, 
you know, you don't have to do everything by yourself, whether you're, you're a one man marketing team or you've got a, a, a team of 12, you know, let's say under you, um, you know, you can look elsewhere in your firm and uh, whether that's across your team, you know, or across different departments as well. Like there are other support pillars in place um, and that's what they're there for. So it's just, you know, making sure that you understand that your team is there to support you when, uh, when, when you need it. You bring up a really good point about even if you're a one-man show, it doesn't mean you need to outsource everything, but there could actually be some people internally, they might not have the marketing title, but you can actually leverage them. And something that comes to mind is a subject matter expert. So let's yep. say it's the CEO or uh, you know one of your engineers, whatever it may be, that will bring value to your audience. Leverage that, whether it's yeah. have them on a podcast and interview them as a marketer, or encourage them to start posting on LinkedIn, and you sit and kind of give them a strategy on how to do that. That's also leveraging your team and getting scrappy with the resources that you have. Exactly. I mean, the LinkedIn one is is a big one. What I'm trying to implement at um, at Future Vault, and you know, it's a, it's a work in progress, is some sort of like internal employee advocacy program where I'm trying to encourage everyone across the organization to, to get more active on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm sure we both know and we're aware of the benefits as well as people listening in and, and watching, of course, but. You know, that's one small example um, for everyone in the company to become a, a marketing champion of, of the company. And I'm, I love what you were saying about subject matter experts, because I've experienced that before in the past. So at my previous company, uh, Saveology, I was a one-man marketing team. And it was a, so Saveology is a personal finance app, um, online financial planning. And our CEO, Spencer, or at the time, our CEO, Spencer, he, um, he is a subject matter expert, literally knows everything about anything when it relates to your personal finances. He's built multiple different uh, personal finance companies. Um, and so I would, I would uh, look to him often to either review a lot of the things that I was working on content-wise, just to fact check it, mm -hmm. or to get him to, to write things as well, because yeah. he's he's got that knowledge, you know, mm -hmm. and he can easily share that with me. I like that. Yeah. Um, so something that we're doing here on the podcast, we, it isn't really recent that we started it, but it's pretty fun. It's, uh, it's where I hand you the mic and give you the opportunity to be the podcast host to close us out. Um, so if you have any questions for me that you'd like to ask, uh, shoot away and, uh, I'll see what I got. Love it. Yeah. This, <laughs> this is fun, man. This is really fun. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's get started. Question number one, Sam, what did you have for breakfast this morning? If you had breakfast. So we're recording this it started at 9am and my kiddo needed a bath before my wife left with her. So didn't eat breakfast yet, but I'm going to have a smoothie as soon as we get off the call. Sounds delicious right now. Nice. Yeah, that does actually, I could, I could go for a smoothie and a coffee, um, <laughs> coffee, coffee or tea. What's your preference? Uh, tea, but not like hot tea, more like a, like a gold peak or pure leaf raspberry tea, something like that. Not nice. too much of a coffee or tea guy, but I love the cold, like tea filled with sugar and corn syrup. <laughs> Probably not it. even real tea. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, let's let's get into some uh, some marketing questions for you then. Um, you know, this is 
something that you and I have, have discussed uh, a, a few times. It's funny. I feel like I've actually talked to you a lot more than, than just the two times. Like, I feel like I actually know you, <laughs> which is good. Um, how important are building frameworks and systems for, for you uh, as an agency owner and just about like everything that you do on the marketing side, but also like for your organization. And can you give a couple examples of some of those systems and frameworks that, that you have, have built? Mm-hmm. Um, as for why they're important, I mean, besides keeping your sanity, it actually saves you a ton of time. So for example, I have not scheduled out, but on a calendar, um, when and what gets posted to LinkedIn, just as a reminder to me, because we're running a company page and we're running my personal now. So it's not just, Mm -hmm. Hey, we're going to put up a podcast clip. It's we had a podcast guest here. We promote it here. We distribute it here. And it it all has to be laid out because we're putting out multiple podcasts a week. So it's not just something we can kind of go fly by the seat of our pants. So if I had to sit down every morning and try and figure out, okay, what actually needs to be written, what actually needs to be put out on LinkedIn today, I'd be here for an hour and a half trying to figure it out Oh, but because be, we have be the nightmare. system. Yeah, it'd be horrible. So because we have the systems in place, um, we use Asana. Everything is detailed out. I mean, we have details probably going out a month. Um, so just that side of things has been extremely helpful. Um, for our podcast, it's extremely systematized as well. It's mm-hmm. um, we, we all the way down to how we communicate with the guest, what we send them, when we communicate, that's all prior to the show. All of that is detailed. So it can be repeated yeah, yeah. when we have more people on the team. So for us, we have all the operations handled in the agency. So I have a team under me that um, we they do the web development. We have yep. 13 developers, but I'm over sales and marketing. So I'm like a one man yeah. show when it comes to getting stuff out there. And until I get everything systematized, how could I ever have someone under me? It would be a mess. Um, so that's reason number two, why it's extremely important. I love it. That's a, that's such a great answer. I mean, all, all of them are, are great answers, but just, <clears throat> you know, having someone under you that if it came to a time where you wanted to pass it off or needed to pass it off, you've got that internal knowledge that's documented and that's ready to go, you know, and you see that a lot too with, um, with just simple onboarding and offboarding as well. And that is a nightmare for companies that don't have systems in place or at least systems that are not documented but yeah to your point with with your podcast system you know i got a i got a nice little taste of it and i think i commented on that on our on our first call just like how structured it was and it's kind of like you know i know for you it's such a time saver and it Mm -hmm. just helps you know it helps keep everything smooth but even for me as a guest i'll tell you it's amazing to to come on a show that is very structured like that. Yeah. 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 And by structured, that doesn't mean that you and I sit here and go over each question in detail and no. only answer those questions. It's, Hey, you got a text here. You got an email here. You got a prep guide here. And it's all this workflow that is repeated with each guest. So when it comes to structure, if you're listening to this, you don't have to, in your conversation on the podcast, be extremely rigid. Like you and I went off script multiple times. We're doing it right now. Like you and I weren't prepped uh, super well on these questions, right? Yeah. And it's just, that's a fun way to do it. But when it comes to the operations, you really need something in place for a podcast and marketing in general and Mm -hmm. business in general. You just have to, if it's, if your motto is it's all up here, 
then you're doing it wrong. And uh, you're not. Yeah, I just pointed to my head for those of you who are listening. I forgot that uh, <laughs> only uh, Christian and I are on video. But <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's great. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And uh, what else do I got for you, Sam? Man, this is fun. I feel like I could just ask you questions all day, but I know we don't have all day. Um, let's change it up a bit because I'm sure you, you use a lot of tools on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. What are some of your favorite marketing tools they don't have to be like content marketing specific just like your top three favorite tools that you use either on a daily or weekly basis and like what do you what do you love about those tools like do those tools help you build those systems in those Mm -hmm. frameworks Mm -hmm. um so we're a hubspot user um i mean that's pretty uh pretty common one uh we have so for example we have a lot of email templates in there and with an email template, you can send it to, for example, a guest or a client, and it gives you the structure, but don't be afraid to fluff it up and give mm-hmm. some personality to it as well. So that's a, kind of a tangent, but we use HubSpot that helps with our systems. Um, Asana. I mean, I live mm-hmm. in Asana and I have used uh, a few different um, systems similar to it. And it's the best one that I've found and it works yeah. for us. Yeah. Uh, and we're, I mean, we only use the free version and that's all that I need. Um, and it works amazing. We use it for our, the operational side. So the, the website builds, and then we also use it for marketing and sales and everything. Even in my personal life is in Asana because that's I'll amazing. forget. I, I really, amazing. I have a, I have a personal channel that's just to do. <laughs> and my wife says, Hey, can you do this? I'll, oh yeah, shoot. I got to do that. So I'll put it in Asana. Um, nice. another, another part nice. of our tech stack isn't really for systems, but I always say this whenever people ask, I'm a, a huge fan of Hotjar. Um, yeah. It just seeing what people are doing on your website. I feel like if we if we build them, we should at least know what people are doing on ours. So uh, it's great to see where people are scrolling, what people are interested in, and just their behavior on your website really gives you a pulse for what needs to be changed or or what's working well. Um, so between those three, I think are uh, that that's pretty much all that we we use a lot more. But those are like what come to mind for like our tech stack. Yeah, no, no, that's good. I think you, you kind of, you've got one tool for each different like function too, which is, which is kind of cool as well. I love that putting everything in a sauna, man, I think I've got to start, you know, I've got to take a page out of your book on that. Even, even (laughs) the personal because it, or whatever it is you're using, if you're using a task management software for work, why not actually put your personal life in it? Because I was using reminders on my phone but the app one, the user experience sucks on Apple for reminders app. Oh, it's and two, ter- it's, it's not, terrible. yeah, it's not tied into like what you're already using. So why not just yeah. create like a little uh, sub channel for yourself and just make a note of things? Because that's actually some, a way I've found to not get as distracted is when you think of something, don't go do it, especially yeah. if we're working from home, a lot of us go put it in a sauna for later. Oh, yeah. I got to call the dentist. Oh, I got to schedule this doctor's appointment or I got to get this oil change schedule it in there. It'll remind you and then don't do it now because it's just going to distract you. But if you don't write it down, then you're going to forget. So get it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Get it, get it somewhere, document it. And I guess in, in a way, just like, just build a backlog for yourself yeah, of things exactly. that you've got to get done. Cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, next question. Let's see. What have been, and, and, you know, for, for most people, it's been a, a pretty turbulent 18 to 24 months. Mm-hmm. 
with everything that's taken place. What would you say have been um, some of the biggest lessons that that you've learned uh, running an agency through just like such a wild time? Mm-hmm. Um, well, going back to systems, that's where I've really cracked down uh, on having a system in place for everything. Um, when it comes Love to it. onboarding a client, offboarding a client, the deliverables, the marketing, everything is systematized. And I think that was really something that became prevalent to me uh, mm-hmm. in this time. Another thing that, that we shifted was um, who we're selling to. So two years ago, it, we were an agency that worked primarily with small businesses. We yeah. um, helped them with their websites and we had some SaaS builds that we, we had done, but we 100% focused in the B2B world during COVID because we had to make a shift. The small business market, one, it was like pulling teeth to get them to build a website before COVID. Can you imagine afterwards? Uh It was horrible, right? So when we shifted our, well, here we are talking about positioning, right? Who are we actually selling to? Who is the strategy that we have? Um, That was something that I'm really glad we made a decision to do that during COVID because now, I mean, a lot of the SaaS world has just flourished during this time, which is, it's great to see. 100%. And uh, yeah, so that's that's a shift that we made um, during this time. And I'm more than glad that we 100% focus on it now instead of uh, a foot in both camps. Yeah, yeah that's man, that, that's awesome. And, and you're, you're right about that. I feel like the companies that have, you know, and I've seen it firsthand um, through either my friends' companies or friends of friends or just people that, you know, you, you kind of follow along with online. But those that you can tell they have some sort of backend systems and frameworks in place mm-hmm. have probably excelled during, during these times. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It just, and, and again, it's just because it helps with literally everything, but I love how that question came back to the strategy position and messaging with your own company. We had to go through it. We yeah, really did. That's, that's amazing. So I think that's probably a good way, at least for me to stop answer, asking perfect. questions. That's perfect. Otherwise, um, it's not going to be as relevant for, <laughs> it sounds for like, everyone. <laughs> it sounds like we need to do a 2.0 here in the future. Uh, man, so I would, we're going to have you back on for sure. To. I, I would love to. You tell me when and I will make myself available. All right, man. Well, we're going to do it. Um, to close us out, we always like to hear like, what does your company actually do? Um, so Future Vault, give us like the, the elevator pitch, like the 30 second rundown on, on what you guys, your your tool provides. Yeah, yeah. So Future Vault is the, it's the industry leading digital vault platform for financial institutions and wealth management firms. Um, now we work with other segments and industries as well, but we predominantly focus on institutions and wealth management. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we help those organizations and those financial institutions easily manage, store, share, and collaborate on important information and key documents with their clients, um, all within a secure cloud-based uh, digital vault. So like a digital fi- filing cabinet. I like it. That simple and clear. You guys have the messaging down, you have positioning and you have your strategy. So you guys are living and breathing it. Um, and guess exactly. what? With you saying what you just did, now I understand what you do. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, all of the, and, and, and sorry, I know we're, we're wrapping it up, but everything that we've talked about, you know, those three core pillars are all things that, and these, this is why it's become so prevalent in my career too, about like having those as the foundational pillars is because I find myself, no matter what company I'm at, like constantly working on those three things 
so that I can make more of an impact doing all of the other things mm-hmm. that I need, that I need to work on. Powerful, man. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Christian, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Um, really looking forward to this one dropping. This is going to be a, a great conversation for people to listen to. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. This was a, a ton of fun and absolutely looking forward to the 2.0.